Hello and welcome to Death of a Thousand Cuts, Couch to 80k Writing Bootcamp Week 7, Day 1. I'm Tim Clare, but surely you realise that by now. So, if you've been working through the course day by day, you've now completed 36 days of writing assignments. 36 separate commissions. That's great. That's amazing. Well done. In week one, you learned how to use timed list making to generate ideas, story prompts, character names and creative solutions to any problem you face in your writing. In week two, you learned how to do timed free writes, how varying where you write can affect what you write and how you can use the 10 minute free write as a tool to soften and ultimately break down writer's block by temporarily switching off the inner critic while you generate new ideas. In week three, you learned how using personas or masks in your writing can unlock content, how to use the techniques of mediums and channelers to hear the voice of your narrator, how to tune into a character with opinions and a very definite stake in your story and let them do the heavy lifting of writing the story for you, and how to summon and tame your very own creative demons, all the while recognising that there is wisdom to be gleaned from their distortions and lies. In week four, you learned to recognise the stylistic choices you're making all the time, how a rule like no words longer than one syllable can transform the feel of your writing, and how you can use genre conventions as little creative games to help you discover new ways of delivering a scene. In week five, you did some work finding out what emotions come easiest to you when you write, and which ones you find hardest, and then you looked at handling strong emotions in writing, either by writing about positive emotions and trying to find ways of capturing them, or by reflecting on the biggest traumas of your life and working to connect a detail account of what happened with your feelings then and now. As you learned, linking those two key elements, detailed events and the emotions arising from those events, not only produces solid writing from a compositional point of view, but has the power to affect significant and lasting improvements to your mental and physical health. Finally, in week six, you did some intensive training on metaphors and similes. You learned why metaphors are generally more powerful than similes. You learned a simple technique for revitalizing cliched worn out abstractions like love or the moon. I realize the moon is not technically an abstraction it exists but you get the idea anyway you experimented with mutating other writers language into brand new stories and then you drilled down into the metaphors you used to describe the writing process itself and what assumptions might lie behind those heavens above that's a lot of stuff and and you might like to take a moment to re reflect and notice just how much information you've taken in and how many new skills you've started cultivating. And not all of this will have been new to you and some ideas you may have bounced off of, some techniques you may disagree with, some of the exercises you may have found horrible. Uh, that's fine, uh, that's great. I, I appreciate it. it's not intrinsically fun in the moment, but as long as you found most of it interesting, that is the kind of percentage where, that's the batting average we're going for. Um, as long as it's stimulating you to think about these things and work out what your positions are, uh, because you might not have even considered them before or had to articulate them in any kind of detailed way, um, you know, as long as you can, you're thinking about what you want your writing to do and you're practicing actual writing while you'd have all these thoughts, you're golden, right? Every exercise you do, uh, you're getting stronger, you're building muscles, and that little demon that says there's no point writing, you can't do it, you'll fail, you don't deserve it. Every time you write, you're punching them in the face or giving them a little bowl of warm milk and a biscuit to soothe their nerves, whichever of those two metaphors suits your temperament best. And now, you're going to start work on a novel. Now, um, 
I realize at this point in the podcast, originally, uh, I went off on a long diatribe about the different stages you might be at, and I just went on and on for ages. So to honour your time today, uh, I'm just going to uh, park that for a moment. We will come back to that. I, I just want to say, I, I know you may already be working on a novel. Uh, you may have just a few scratchings of ideas that are years old, or the very idea of attempting a novel may have never crossed your mind until you started this course. Um, it may seem even now like an impossible and presumptuous dream for other better people. And I'm not saying your life will be in any way diminished if you choose not to complete a novel. It just won't. You're amazing. But this is the Couch to 80k writing boot camp. That was not just a clever name. And I have offered both implicitly and in actual recorded words uh, that I will get to you from wherever you are to being ready to finish a novel. Whether you take that forward after we part, that choice is another glorious freedom of your being alive and being a sovereign human being. Um, but I'm going to open up that choice for you. That is a door I'm going to push open. If you didn't have the freedom not to choose it, it wouldn't be a choice. It would be an embedded subliminal command. And trust me, I'm not giving you, by the honours, secret directives through backmasked orders. So for this to happen, you're going to need to decide what your novel's about. Or at least what it might be about. Uh, because this is the thing, whether you're two-thirds through a first draft or you've no idea what to write about at all and horrified that I'm ploughing on with this. This isn't what I got in for. I wanted fun little exercises daily and uh, now you're calling me out on my bullshit. Whatever. Like, uh, with any sort of plan, you don't want to be uh, locking yourself down and crushing the mystery. If you do plan too rigidly, you're just writing yourself a list of chores Hey, future me, do this, then make this thing happen, then move this imaginary person all the way to here. Make it good, though, then make them be like, Oh, wow, I'm having a revelation and developing as a character. Then a bad thing happens, and so on and so on. You're not qualified to plan a novel in detail before you've written it. If past you is planning the novel for imaginary future you that's the shittest person to give that job to because they know the least about your novel so there's a future you working through it constantly having to follow the dictates of an idiot who did not know what was happening right who's less intelligent than future you right future you will know more than you now because you've no idea how those scenes play out on the page if they're alive and gripping or if they even make sense. Sometimes you come up with a plan and you go, OK, they're going to go in here and they'll see the statue and they know they're going to steal it. So what they'll do is they're going to um, uh, cause a distraction by uh, pulling down a bookcase. And then you get to the scene, you go, that's fucking stupid. Why don't they? Why would they take that risk when they can just wait till these characters are out? And uh, you can tell uh, a lot of prolific novelists, you can tell that they uh, plan their things rigidly because characters get to those scenes and then clearly... The novelist having enough sense to see that this scene does not make sense, is too, it does not make logical sense, has to insert a line going, she could wait until the people had gone out, but no, she got here now, and if she did that, she risked leaving it too long, and she realised that probably the best thing, and you, you know that they're making the character have a bunch of internal thoughts uh, to cover up the fact that... Um, their plan is fucking bullshit. And sometimes scenes are just dull. Scenes that you thought would be exciting just don't catch fire on the page. Or you come up with a much better thing. And if you're stuck in that plan and you come up with a much cooler thing to happen, hey, what if they did this? Well, if you're married to your plan, you can't take advantage of that. And so you have to take your worst idea or your third best idea instead of making the novel the exciting, surprising... And also, if, if you do follow the plan... um. 
and that was the plan you came up before you'd even written the novel, uh, your reader will probably be able to guess what happens as well because you probably went with some things that uh, felt intuitive but were actually just following established tropes. So the chances of it being original are small as well. Um, all of those reasons are why you should be very wary of being a super-duper kind of mega-scaffold intricate planner. On the other hand, if you do no planning, and I know plenty of people who try and do this, uh, very few of them have ever successfully written a book, but they've certainly had a go. If you do no planning, uh, you're just dumping future you in the forest at midnight with no map, no torch, no supplies, then just peeling off in your 4x4 yelling, enjoy your holiday. It might be exciting for the first hour for future you, but after that you'll feel tired and achy and bored and you won't know where you're supposed to be going and you'll wonder if you're going in circles and you have no idea how far you are from your destination or what your de destination even is. You know, the fir the very opening of it are all is always so exciting for that. I know so many people who can like really, really enjoy the buzz of that first bit of, of, of writing with no idea. They come up with a cool first line and then they're just following the story going, what will happen next? It rarely works without some serious stamina behind it um, or having a character who you've really worked out uh, what they what they want and need and you've really got a sense of the world and sometimes you can do that but that is still planning um, so today we're going to embrace the uh, temperate and fertile land between these two uh, extreme polar regions uh, the realm of possibility uh, you're going to write about your novel Either the one you're already working on, the one you've always wanted to work on, and it's kind of been in the back of your head and come on, admit it, you do have one. You're just scared of uh, placing it under the uh, killing jar of your ineptitude and, 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 and watching as those beautiful flapping uh, butterflies of amazing plots and characters and set pieces uh, die one by one in front of you. You'll be fine, don't worry. You will cock it up to begin with, but uh, cocking it up is a kind of wall of fire you have to march through to get to the other side of, oh, actually this isn't that bad. Um, you're going to write about, uh, you, you, and, and actually look, could even be your novel you haven't thought of, that's fine. You're going to cover everything from the characters, the setting, the important cool scenes, right down to the big themes or even the title. And, and you're going to start each sentence in this rough plan with the words it might or he might or she might or they might. Uh, if you're feeling a bit lost, uh, let me give you an example. So you might write something like... Um, it might be about a boy who goes looking for his missing dad. He might be about 12. It might be a comedy. So, you know, stuff like that. You're just, you're essentially doing a list. Um, but you might, there might be parts of the list that kind of speak to one another. Uh, and you can contradict yourself in this plan, right? You're just kind of like coming out with ideas. You don't have to write it at quite the white hot speed of a free write. But... Give yourself the same permissions you have with the free write to not be grammatical, to uh, contradict yourself, offer different possibilities. She might kill him. She might fall in love with him. There might be a scene where they stand on a cliff at night and toss firebombs down at the rocks. It might be in the second person. Um, some apparent contradictions might not technically be mutually exclusive at all when you re-examine them. The point here isn't to shackle yourself to some system of laws you had to make up on the fly because I made you do an exercise. You're introducing yourself to a new way of holding your ideas, your map and your compass. Uh, if you're already in deep, this is your chance to take 
stock and and, and soften the edges and, and and loosen any rigid ideas that you might have about what your novel has to be because that's a classic source of writer's block is you get to a point where the story as you've conceded conceived it is not working and you cannot come up with a solution to bridge the gap between the two bits and you're like fuck 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 it's not gonna work and that comes from a too rigid conception of what your story is and uh, what it can be and you have to remember that these things are looser than that and they're just stuff that they're just shit you came up with one day it's not it's, it's not like events that have actually happened it's some shit you came up with and you can change it, you know, like, uh, you know, you are the author of this work, not the editor. And that's part of the point. Uh, so uh, if you're just starting out, um, this is going to feel more like uh, your montage in the movie where you step out of the changing room at the store with various flamboyant outfits and kind of like big hats on and your friends all we see their reaction shots as they pull faces or cover their eyes or one of them kind of gives the thumb up and the other two like dig an elbow in their ribs and they they get voted down until at last you step out wearing the perfect look the new you and they all applaud um right enough chatter 10 minutes of rough planning in the form of mites it might he might she might they might are you ready good go
And that's it. Well done. Depending on where you're at, that may have been really easy and fun and just a reiteration of what you already knew. Or it may have been a tossed salad of mutually exclusive ideas and random thoughts just to fill up the time. Um, it may have felt uh, gruelling to have to kind of start committing to, to that. You know, you might be it might make you start admitting to yourself that you are going to try and write a novel. And that can be uh, an, a scary slash embarrassing thing to do or it may have been really fun or it may have clarified a few things um the point here is to, to cultivate a loose style of planning and look you if you are someone who's going I, I i have to plan everything that's just how i work um that's fine i i, I can't slap that tool out of your hands and say never use it again my only question for you is how is that working for you if, if it's working for you in the sense that it's allowing you to consistently produce uh excellent quality novels that you can find an audience for and that you can produce consistently and that you enjoy writing that's brilliant if it's not on any of those counts then you owe it to yourself to try some alternative to see if you, there's a better way of working um it, this loose style of planning it's so useful it's just it, like it, you, you need, but you need enough that you've always got a thread you can follow, a, a scene you can attempt, even if it's you're doing jumping forward and doing something out of order. But you're not so locked down in, in, into this like series of rigid assignments, which it's like it just makes you resentful. You know, in the future you'll just feel fucking resentful. You just see a big pile of work that you've got to do. And some people go, no, I find that no, I find that comforting to know that it's there. You can have that with these threads. These essentially, you write yourself a series of story prompts you get to go and have exciting fun and make stuff up with and you can just they're just lush and it's just like a load of it's just like a load of sweets and amazing fruit that you can just plunge sink your teeth into and mm, it's lovely but it will kill the excitement for you if you just if you plan it all out and some of your planning will have just be will just be busy work and it will it will it'll be shit it will it just will and and, and look it, even if it doesn't kill your excitement even if you do this planning and then you're like, oh, I love all of it. I love getting work. I'm a big loser. No, you're not a big loser. I'm jealous of you, which is why I'm teasing you, because it's really cool if you've got that level of discipline. But it will con you into thinking of yourself as the story's editor rather than its author. And these things as like a series of jobs that have been given to you by a more senior member of staff. And it will stop you taking responsibility for the story and working to make it as good as it can be. So have a think about what came up in this set session over the next uh, 24 hours, what you came down. Even if you struggled with it, I think that's useful. Uh, and if you are frustrated uh, or unhappy with what you came out, if you didn't even come out with very much at all because you got felt weirdly blocked, do not worry about it. Um, I'm not going to make you get married to what you've just written. Uh, we're going to practice the process of taking raw ideas over the next few days and turning them into bits of novel. So if this is something that you know you'd never want to work on, that's great because it frees you up to do the next set of uh, exercises, knowing that it doesn't matter if you stack it and fuck it up because this is just a kind of proof of concept. Right, take care and I'll see you tomorrow.